Baines stood his ground, his attitude half-defiant, whilst his wife and daughter shrank away in renewed fear. Mr. Blood, at the head of the day-bed, looked over his shoulder to take stock of the invaders. The officer barked an order, which brought his men to an attentive halt, then swaggered forward, his gloved hand bearing down the pummel of his sword, his spurs jingling musically as he moved. He announced his authority to the yeoman. I am Captain Hobart of Colonel Kirk's dragoons. What rebels do you harbor? The yeoman took alarm at that ferocious truculence. It expressed itself in his trembling voice. I, I am no harborer of rebels, sir. This wounded gentleman I can see for myself. The captain stomped forward to the day-bed and scowled down upon the gray-faced sufferer. No need to ask how he came to the state and by his wounds. A damned rebel, and that's enough for me. He flung a command at his dragoons. Out with him, my lads. Mr. Blood got between the day-bed and the troopers. In the name of humanity, sir, said he, on a note of anger, this is England, not Tangiers. The gentleman is in sore case. He may not be moved without peril to his life. Captain Hobart was amused. Oh, I am to be tender of the lives of these rebels. Odds blood! Do you think it's to benefit his health we're taking him? There's gallows being planted along the road from Weston to Bridgewater, and he'll serve for one of them as well as another. Colonel Kirk will learn these non-conforming oafs something they'll not forget in generations. You're hanging men without trial? Faith, then, it's mistaken I am. We're in Tangiers after all, it seems, where your regiment belongs. The captain considered him with a kindling eye. He looked him over from the soles of his riding boots to the crown of his periwig. He noted the spare, active frame, the arrogant poise of the head, the air of authority that invested Mr. Blood, and soldier recognized soldier. The captain's eyes narrowed. Recognition went further. "'Who the hell may you be?' he exploded. "'My name is Blood, sir, Peter Blood, at your service.' "'Aye, aye, cod so. That's the name. You were in French service once, were you not?' If Mr. Blood was surprised, he did not betray it. "'I was.' Then I remember you five years ago, or more. You were in Tangiers. That is so. I knew your colonel. Faith! <laughs> you may be renewing the acquaintance, the captain laughed unpleasantly. What brings you here, sir? This wounded gentleman. I was fetched to attend him. I am a medicus. A doctor? You? Scorn of that lie, as he conceived it, rang in the heavy, hectoring tone. Medicine baccalaureus, said Mr. Blood. Don't fling your French at me, man, snapped Hobart. Speak English. Mr. Blood's smile annoyed him. I am a physician practicing my calling in the town of Bridgewater. The captain sneered. 
which you reach by way of Lyme Regis, in the following of your bastard duke. It was Mr. Blood's turn to sneer. If your wit were as big as your voice, my dear, it's the great man you'd be by this. For a moment the dragoon was speechless. The color deepened in his face. You may find me great enough to hang you. Faith, yes, you've the look and the manners of a hangman. But if you practice your trade on my patient here, you may be putting a rope around your own neck. He's not the kind you may string up, and no questions asked. He has the right to a trial, and the right to a trial by his peers. By his peers? The captain was taken aback by these words, which Mr. Blood had stressed. 